0: that is just as real as any other announcement that we could make. Is that true? Do you really believe that he's coming back? He will come back. The Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, the creator and sustainer of everything in this world and universe, he is coming back. He did walk this earth as a man uh, many years ago. He's in heaven now as a human raised from the dead. And he will come back again. And uh, these next two chapters, we're going to be thinking a lot about that, his return. As a church, we should be looking for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and hopefully looking forward to that. Uh, When you hear that Jesus Christ is coming back, you know, when I said that, I saw a lot of you get a smile on your face. Uh, Is that something that gives you joy to think about that he's coming back? Some of you didn't do anything. Are you confused? What is this guy talking about? coming back where did he go Uh, maybe you're not sure you want him to come back and we're going to find out there's a lot of people on this earth that are not going to be happy at that thought Uh, so that's what we're talking about for several weeks now we're going to be going through these chapters in Matthew and we're talking about the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth and things will happen then and things will happen right before then and that's really the focus of what we're going to be looking at here. So in Matthew uh, chapters 21 to 23, the last um, three chapters here, Jesus has pronounced a lot of judgment. Judgment on the nation of Israel, judgment on the people of Israel, and judgment on the false leaders. And that's what we were looking at uh, last week. A very hard, uh, strong judgment against the false leaders of Israel who should have known better, yet were leading people astray. Uh, Many woes on them. And hopefully we were thinking about ourselves as we went through that. And then in the last verses there in uh, Matthew 23, uh, verses 38 to 39, we read, uh, Behold, your house is left to you desolate. Kind of a final judgment on all of Israel. He says, forget it. Your house is desolate. God himself is not with you. He's not in your temple. He's not with you now. You have rejected him officially, you are now desolate. I say to you, from now on, you will not see me. This is Jesus talking here. You will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That is a quote from Psalm 118, and they all would have known that was a messianic psalm about the Messiah coming to set up his kingdom. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying there will be a future event, and it's not now. Could have been now perhaps but you rejected me so now you're desolate uh i'm not with you now and now uh the next time you see me you will be saying blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord that means the next time he shows up on the scene he will be setting up that kingdom that the prophets talked about so going into chapter 24 notice that jesus already is talking about future events you see that already talking about a future event, about the time that he would come. How far in the future? He didn't say, but it's a future event. All right, so that brings us to chapter 24. Uh, let's read verses 1 and 2. Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to point out the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. All right. So he's coming out from the temple. The disciples are coming up to him, and they're going to point out some things about the temple. What are they going to point out? I don't know. It's pretty nice. You know, it's a very nice temple. Lots of gold. Uh, what were they going to point out to Jesus? And I'm not sure. But it seems like Jesus wasn't really impressed, was he? Uh, He said, take a look. Don't you see all these things? Truly, I say to you, not one of these stones. Maybe they were impressed with the really large stones. How did they stack them like that? How did they get them so nice and neatly? Uh, It is an amazing thing that they built this temple. It really was an amazing place. Um, He said, not one of those stones. The ones that you're so impressed with here, not one of them. Sometime in the future here, not one stone here will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. He's making another prophecy. You see, this is already the second one. Uh, at the end of the previous chapter, he said, the next time you'll see me is uh, when I'm coming as the Messiah setting up his, his kingdom. That's a prophecy. Uh, a good one, an exciting one. He's setting up his kingdom there. This one, the temple is going to be torn down. A very different prophecy. Uh, this is going to be torn down. And he makes a specific prophecy, not one stone will be left upon another. Interesting. So we're starting off uh, this passage here with some prophecies, and we're going to get into an entire two full chapters of prophecy here. All right, uh, And I want to point out what he says here, not one stone will be left on another. That was fulfilled in A.D. 70 said this temple will be torn down, not one stone on another. Uh, In AD 70, the Romans under Titus came in, and they took over Jerusalem, and eventually, uh, all through some weird series of events, uh, they did tear the thing down, and not one stone was left upon another. It was fulfilled exactly as Jesus said, word for word. It's really interesting going into a whole passage about prophecy, about future events for both us and and the Jews, future from now, going into that it's really a neat thing that we can look at this little prophecy that was completely fulfilled. Exactly. As he said it would be word for word, stone for stone it was fulfilled down to the letter. Can we trust Jesus' prophecies? Well, How do you test a prophet? Well, obviously, does their prophecy come true? (laughs) Well, it did, word for word. Uh, And of course, there's many other reasons we can trust Jesus' word on this. He is God in the flesh. Uh, But what he said came true. Maybe we should listen to the other things he's going to say as well. Verse 3. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, tell us when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. So they came out of Jerusalem, uh, went down a valley up the other side and now they're in the Mount of Olives, a place that Jesus liked to be with with his uh, friends and they talked there. They could see Jerusalem in the distance and uh, some of them came to him. We know from another gospel that it was Peter, James, John and Andrew specifically asked the question, Uh, to him. And they said, uh, when will these thing things take place? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So a very important question because the entire rest of this chapter and the whole another chapter will be the answer to this question. So it's important we take a close look at this question. When will these things be so we have a a time frame here when they want to know jesus You're, you're talking about things here when are these things going to happen and what will be the sign the sign what's going to accompany this a big sign from heaven uh what's it going to be what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age when will these things happen what are these things well he already talked about his coming uh remember that quote from psalm 118 his coming as the Messiah setting up his kingdom. That's on their mind. Uh, when will uh, these things also be? He just talked about the tearing down of the temple too, stone by stone. When will those things be? They're kind of in the mindset of, of future things. When will these things be? This is what they're talking about. And a sign. What's the sign of your coming and the end of the age? I think that's kind of together. His coming and the end of the age uh, I believe they saw as the as one whole thing coming together. Before we get into his answer here, when we read these verses, and when I initially read this, and I was going to start studying uh, to speak here, when I read this, I immediately think of certain things. Because I am in the church age right now, we are in the church age, we know that Jesus is in heaven right now. He came to earth, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross for the sins of the world he was buried he rose again and now he ascended to heaven and he's there now and we know that he will come back again uh, so when it says the sign of your coming I immediately think what's going to be the sign of his second coming Okay, and we can even talk about the details of that because um, we're in the church age and we're thinking it's been about 2,000 years so far I'm not sure how long it'll be uh, but that's what we're thinking That's probably not what they were thinking. Remember this. Uh, They would have the prophets to go on, and their eschatology would include, and I I heard a long, I listened to a really long message on this about some people who took the the historians at the time, and they tried to, to figure out what exactly was the eschatology of the Jews at the time. In general, they did figure out from the prophets correctly that there would be a tribulation time. They were expecting that. They expected a person, a herald, before the Messiah, uh, like Elijah. Uh, Then they expected the Messiah would then come. The Messiah would purge the godless nations, purge Jerusalem. They would gather the faithful Jews and then establish a kingdom. That's kind of the, the things that they were looking towards. Well, these disciples, and many at the time, they thought they were in the middle of this. Many of them, I don't know exactly their thinking and who thought what, but many of them probably thought they were in the middle. The tribulation, they might have thought that the Greeks and the Romans coming and oppressing them was the tribulation. And there's some things there that might have sounded like what the prophets were talking about. They might have thought that already happened. The next step, the herald. Well, John the Baptist came. There's your herald right there. Then the Messiah came. There's the first three steps in prophecy right there. They thought those had already happened. Purging the godless nations, well, maybe you could say he did that while he was on earth a little bit. Purging Jerusalem, isn't that what he just did? Like that day, isn't that what he did? He was in Jerusalem. He went in, he cleared the temple beforehand, and then he was pronouncing woes on all the leaders of Jerusalem. Sounds like he did that. So according to that eschatology, there's only two more steps to go. Uh, He needs to gather the faithful Jews and establish his kingdom on earth. Uh, So the disciples probably were thinking along those lines. When they said, when will these things happen? They weren't expecting a long church age. They weren't expecting them to leave and then a really long age of the church, us, and then coming back later. They were probably expecting really soon. They were probably hoping, and I don't know exactly, but maybe they were hoping for like tomorrow for the next day, for the next week. Maybe they were hoping Jesus to say, next Tuesday, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a really big horse, and you guys are going to be behind me. We're going to ride in in this this formation, and there's going to be things from the earth, and there's things from the heaven, and the sign is just, and a new temple's going to fall right on all the bad people. And and they were probably expecting something like that. Uh, That's the when and the signs. But I think the answer he gives them is probably not what they were expecting. Or maybe even hoping for. Uh, The signs are not going to sound real fun. Uh, Not a lot of of fun stuff here. But I think as we take a close look at God's plan, God's plan is always the best. And he does have a plan here. So, here we go. Uh, We're going to begin several weeks here of Jesus answering this question right there. Verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. So uh, we find out right from the beginning, he says there's going to be deception. Uh, People are going to be misled. And there's going to be people claiming to be the Christ, to be him, and they're really not. He knows that's going to happen. So that's something to watch out for. Uh, People will claim that he's come but we'll need to test that we'll need to make sure and see is this really the true one or not and many people will be misled it will take some thinking and knowledge to make sure and know that it truly is the christ um then verse six by the way here uh if you think he's going really fast i'm going to come back to verse five uh I'm trying to get to something, and then I'm going to come back and talk a little bit more about that. Verse 6, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pain. So he talks about wars, uh, wars going on and rumors of wars. There's going to be wars and there's going to be talk and you're not sure if there is a war or not and there's going to be confusion about that. Uh, there's going to be nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Uh, I tried to figure out what's the difference between a nation and a kingdom. There's not much. A kingdom probably has a king or some person like that. A nation might not. Either, both of them are kind of like nations just with a different leader system. So nations all over the earth uh, rising up against each other. Uh, it's going to be a time of war. Uh, famines. There will be famines in various places. Uh, famine, probably the product of war. War can cause a famine, okay, as well as weather, too, and other things can cause a famine as well. And earthquakes, the earthquaking, which can cause great devastation uh, all over the place. Is this the answer the disciples were hoping for? <laughs> Jesus, when's it going to be? I mean, what's going to be the sign? It's going to be awesome, guys. I bet it's going to be like this. I bet he's going he's to ride in from the sky, I bet. And then then the angels are going to be over here. And there's going to be a rainbow explosion. And, and uh, nope, I don't think this is the answer uh, that they were probably thinking themselves would be good. Uh, part of God's much bigger plan. Verse 8. I'm trying to quickly get to verse 8 because verse 8 is really important. It's a key to understanding this prophecy. And I think uh, after verse 8, I'm going to go back to a couple verses here. And let's see if we can uh, interpret those based on this. Verse 8. But all things, all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Birth pains. This is uh, not the only place in the Bible where birth pains are talked about. Uh, Birth pains. A lady's pregnant. And uh, their pregnancy lasts for a long time. In fact, we just heard about a birth this morning, right? Uh, exciting news. We love a birth of a new baby. Uh, something to be excited about. I remember uh, when my wife was pregnant. Uh, I remember the first time she was pregnant. We didn't know what was going on. And boy, uh, when you get closer and closer to the day where you think the baby's coming, um, you know, things build. <laughs> you get closer. It's, it's months now maybe it's weeks. Now maybe it's days. And boy, you know, you, you make sure the phone's working. You know the way to the hospital. How are we going to do it? We got a bag packed. You get ready. The closer and closer you get, you get ready. But the birth pains haven't happened yet. Okay? But when those pains happen, uh, that look on my wife's face, this is it. <laughs> you know something's coming, don't you? Okay? Now maybe that sometimes there's false alarms that happen. But there is a point, uh, I won't get into other details, but there's a certain point where you know things are happening soon, and there are pains, and you're grabbing the bag, and you're stuffing her in the car, and uh, and you're on the way. And I remember, I'm like, note to self, if we have more kids, don't find the bumpiest road in all of Yakima uh, to get to the hospital. (coughs) Uh, I remember that, and... And, you know, her eyes are this big and mine are twice as big as we're going to the hospital. And we show up, and they probably knew what was going on. Uh, she's having a baby. And, of course, what's the big question there? Uh, how, how close are the pains, right? You start timing them, and they get closer and closer. And the pain gets greater and greater. Not a pretty picture, not a lot of fun, uh, but they get closer and closer. And eventually what comes, the baby comes, Okay. What's he saying here? These things that we're talking about here, and I think in this entire two chapters, which is often called the that Discourse here, that's what we're going through. These two chapters, all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. we got to remember that. That's important. The beginning of birth pains. When the birth pains happen, it's going to happen soon, real soon. So I don't think, although a lot of these things we're talking about are happening somewhat here, In our world today, I think we're talking about a future time uh, where things will get much more intense, closer and closer. Uh, All the intensity of everything will ratchet up, worse and worse and worse until a point on this earth that is just like so evil, it's unbelievable, then that's the point when he is coming back, and that's the end of the age. So we're building up to that point. And this is also, it's been neat to study this and read Revelation. Uh, Revelation, especially chapter 6, talks about the things that are right here. And it calls it the Great Tribulation. Daniel also talks about the Great Tribulation, a time of seven years uh, that will be on this earth, a horrible time on this earth. And I do think that's what he's talking about right here. And verse 8 is kind of a key to that. Yes, we see hints of that on the earth right now. That there will be a time when it will build up and it will get to a huge intensity. And that's, uh, that's when we get to the point where it comes back and the end of the age. So back in uh, verse 5, for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ. Does that happen today? It can't happen today. I did find out right after Jesus left, historians recorded about 24 people that claim to be Christ already come back. It did happen, happening today. But there will be a time where it will be much more intense, and in fact, um, uh, in Revelation, there and we talk, we we learn about the Antichrist. Uh, he's going to be a leader claiming somewhat to be the Messiah, kind of, and it'll be the whole world, uh, most of the world, falling for it. So it'll be a much bigger, bigger thing. Lots of people saying they are the Christ, and some misleading many all the way around the world. The wars and rumors of wars are there. Wars now rumors of wars. And you know, it's interesting now, you know, with the internet and, and with news instantly around the world, I often think in my mind, man, it would be so easy to, to fake things now, wouldn't it? And, and there might be times when you don't know if there's a war or not. Who do you even believe? You might see something on the TV and they might have made that in a studio. Uh, wars and rumors of wars, boy, the stage really seems to be set for that kind of thing to happen. There are wars now. But there's going to be a time that they're even more intense on this earth. Uh, Many, many more. See that you're not affrighted. These things must take place. But that is not yet the end. Not yet the end. Nation against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. And just to give a little taste of this and how big and all-encompassing this is, I'm just going to read a little bit of Revelation here. Uh, Chapter 6, verse 12. This is where Jesus is opening the seals and things are happening on earth. Let me read what happens when he opens the sixth seal. I looked when he broke the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair and the whole moon became like blood. The stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree cast its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Then the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? We're not just talking about some wars. We're talking about worldwide wars. We're talking about earthquakes that actually move islands and things around. Uh, and we know that's possible. Plate tectonics and all that sort of stuff is going on really slowly, small scale right now. Well, it sounds like it's going to pick up, and it's going to be a huge amount of stuff. The sky... Splitting apart and rolling up like a scroll. Has anyone seen that recently? It's going to be huge. This is going to be big. And I don't think there's going to be any mistaking this time when it actually happens. Uh, It's going to be very big on a worldwide scale. Like I said, if you want to know more details about this, read Revelation. Uh, I kept going back and forth in my study, and it just gives a lot of insight, and it helps you understand, wow. And a lot of these things, like the famine, there's famines talked about in Revelation, they're not just natural, they're supernatural. God's allowing demons to actually do it at some points in time. They're the ones causing the famines, it says right there. And there's a, and a product of the wars, the famines too, and other things as well. Many things going on. Some of them supernatural, demonic things going on. Uh, a horrible time on planet Earth. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pain. So this means that it's building up. And it's interesting, the last part of what I just read to you guys, was there anyone on earth who didn't know what was going on? It seems like it said every person, this person, that person, that person, that person. What were they saying? They were talking about the wrath of the Lamb. Apparently they know what's going on. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. Are you guys ready for that? They weren't ready, were they? They were afraid they were starting to see how powerful he was. You don't want to wait till then. You don't want to be in that spot. You want to be ready now uh, for the Lord's return. He is coming back. Verse 9, it gets worse. They will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and mislead many will deliver you now he's getting personal you believers in jesus christ uh, you'll suffer for my name those who take the name of jesus christ do you believe in the lord jesus christ You know, it's one thing to be religious one thing to even go to church on sunday but do you personally believe in the lord jesus christ if you do and you're here during this time you're going to be persecuted All nations on earth are going to hate you according to his words. Is this happening right now?
1: It is. It's starting. It's getting worse
0: and worse. There is persecution in the world right now. And I don't want to make light of that in any way. There's horrible persecution going on in many countries in the world. We have brothers and sisters suffering right now. And we need to remember them, pray for them, help them out, remember their chains. But I do think he's talking about here about a time that's even more intense. It says all nations, all nations on earth uh, will persecute you. You will be hated by all of them. Many will fall away. You know, persecution, one thing persecution does is it weeds out the people that are not truly Christians. It weeds out the ones that just showed up to church on Sunday morning and never really believed in. it. It weeds out the ones that never actually ask God to forgive their sins. It weeds out the ones that don't have the Holy Spirit of God inside of them. That's what persecution can do, and it's going to do that here. Some will fall away, and we'll find out that they didn't have the Spirit inside of them. They weren't truly saved. Are you truly saved? You know, you arrived here to Sunday morning to church. That's great. I'm really glad that you're here. But uh, that doesn't make you a Christian. I hope you realize that. It'll get ugly. They will betray one another. Not only falling away, but they're going to turn them in. There's a Christian over there. You guys need to go get them. And uh, that's going to happen. They're going to hate each other. Uh, Many false prophets will arise and mislead many. This isn't Like verse 5. Verse 5 said many false Christs will arise. This is false prophets. People, prophets, or teachers teaching the wrong thing. Well that definitely I'd say is rising in the world right now. Uh, You can go on the internet and find about any teaching that you want on anything. It's out there. There are false prophets, false teachers all over the place. Both outside of the church and probably some in the church as well. But the false prophets at this point will arise even more And they will mislead many. People need to watch out. You need to know your Bible. You need to know what the truth is and what God says so you're not misled. They will mislead many. Verse 12, because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end. Will come. Lawlessness is increased. It's a time on earth where there's sin everywhere. Uh, there is evil going on, evil things happening. Uh, demons kind of having free reign. At one point, Satan is thrown down, kicked out of heaven, and I'm very mad about that, causing all sorts of problems on earth, using people and, and nations and all sorts of things to persecute the Christians and uh, to do horrible things on this earth. Because lawlessness, lawlessness could also be iniquity and just plain sin. Because that's increased so much everywhere, most people's love will grow cold. Why will the lawlessness be so increased on this earth? Well, there's one thing that's not mentioned here, and I will say that all of it, discourse, this is about prophecy, and I am not an expert on Prophecy. I often tend to stay away from it. And all I like to do is point out what the Bible says, okay? And then you can uh, take God's word and uh, do with that what you will. Um, But there is something else that's talked about in the New Testament. uh, We often call the rapture, uh, mentioned in 1 Thessalonians. uh, A time when Jesus will come down, not all the the way, not his second coming, but a time when the dead in Christ, those who believe in Christ died, will raise up and be with him in the air, and also those alive, which if he came right now, that would be you guys. And if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you also <clears throat> would be with him in the air. And it says we will then be together with the Lord forever, uh, go up to be with him. That's another thing that needs to be part of our eschatology, our prophecy here, and that's going to happen at some point. Uh, it does seem there's a lot of clues that it happened before this tribulation time. Um, I can't tell you exactly when. Uh, I don't know. But uh, somewhere in there beforehand, and if Jesus took all the believers off the earth right now, what would happen here on earth? Is it kind of described right here? Does it sound like this would be it? Uh, You'd have a lot of evil, wouldn't there? A lot more evil than there is right now. And it seems like that's part of this as well. Verse 13, But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gets tricky. Here are these two verses. Um, I got to remember the context. Jesus is talking to Jewish uh, his disciples, Jewish people. They're looking at the temple, thinking about Jerusalem.